Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And one of the things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud. Welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host, Kamiya Robbie, and joined by my co-host, Stephen Brown. What is going on, man? Dude, i just been out and about lately, enjoying life, uh, going to stores, going to restaurants, all that kind of good stuff. Not social distancing? No. Not wearing a mask either? No, I don't wear masks. High-fiving everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've literally been in my my room for like a week. It's been yeah. miserable. Like, <laughs> like, what do you do? Do you just play video games, or how, how's that going? Yeah, my Xbox has been working overtime. I've been playing some Call of Duty. Mm. Um, just downloaded some Destiny too. So I'm trying to find something. Yeah, definitely, dude. I I identify with that so much. Like, it's just. It's to the point where, and I've talked to Brady Trantham about this, um, and like, it's kind of the point where I've kind of developed a routine to where like I wake up, you know, like I have been, I have Zoom meetings with my, you know, with the kids that I t- teach. Um, I have Zoom meetings with like faculty, and then um, after that, it's like, okay, well, I can go play Xbox for like an hour. And then I'm going to go eat lunch. And then shortly after that, I'll turn on like an old soccer game or an old OU football game and then just like get a workout in. And then like from that point on, it's like, all right, I need to figure out something else to do. Like I have I have been painting the trim and the and uh, the baseboards at my house oh no like it, yeah it's been it's been that bad like i've already i've already replaced the porch light and like this porch light holy crap like this <laughs> this thing looks like it belongs in guantanamo bay how <laughs> how bright this thing gets it's blinding and um has a neighbor I, complained yet not yet i mean like if they do, I'll just bring them to my front yard and hopefully I'll turn the light on and blind them so they can stop <laughs> complaining. And then I, I installed a new mailbox. <laughs> like You installed just, a mailbox? Yeah, because I ripped the old one out because it was too small. Like 
you know, like those like lantern kind of fixtures that a lot of people have as right. they're like, well, uh, people don't like understand that those things, they don't ha have bottoms and like right below my mailbox or right below my light fixture was my mailbox. So like if I accidentally left the uh, mailbox open, like June bugs would like just oh, fall no. in there and just like die. So it's not like, like a, it's not a brick and mortar mailbox. No, 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 no. So I'm just, uh, I, uh, I, I installed a new mailbox and, uh, yeah, just moving to the baseboards and the trim of the house. And then actually this coming Monday getting, we have this big maple tree in the front yard or I think it's a maple. I don't know. Pine, I don't know the hell grows in Oklahoma. It's a tree. It's a big freaking tree. We're spending some of our stimulus money to remove that thing so we can have grass grow. And so when a storm, <laughs> when, when a storm hits, it doesn't wreck half the house. It's been a pretty light uh, storm season. So that's good. Oh man. I'm trying not to jinx it. I've been thinking about that lately. It's the middle of May or April. I'm like, Oh gosh. It's like, <laughs> and we're about to get to the last week of April. Pretty fine. I'm like, man, this is not good. Well, it's like 30 degrees. So like there's not tornadoes. Yeah, true. But anyways, we've been talking for a lot about, random things uh we have a lot of stuff for you guys today nfl draft stuff ranking your top five quarterbacks running backs and wide receivers since 2000 i think my list will make some people upset but that's okay um talking about recruiting uh ohio state and ou uh talking about college football in the fall spring etc uh some twitter questions and some other random things related to oklahoma Oklahoma football, Oklahoma news, Oklahoma people, and then video games, of course. So a lot of things to talk about today. So first of all, NFL draft is soon, like a week away. Kenneth Mer okay, CeeDee Lamb, you would say CeeDee Lamb is for sure a first rounder, right? He's like one of the, he's the best wide receiver in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I've been looking at a couple of mocks. I think the worst I've seen him is going to Philadelphia at 21. Okay. Um, but that's just like, that would be the worst case scenario. A lot of them have him at like 13. You know, he scored a 12 on the Wonderlick. How do you do? I've looked at the Wonderlick. It's not that hard. And they said, if you score below a 10, that means you might be illiterate. <laughs> I'm dead serious. So I'm not saying CD Lamb's illiterate by any means, because there are several really great athletes that have scored, scored very poorly on the Wonderlick. Um, but, uh, yeah, he scored a 12 next to Jerry Judy, I think. Or I think Jerry Judy actually scored pretty high. I don't know. Ruggs scored high and Judy scored low. I don't know. Somebody scored a 9 from Alabama. Oh, man. Well, it's a 2.0 GPA there. <laughs> and uh, I, when I think about the Wonder, like, I think of two things. I think of Vince Young scoring astronomically low <laughs> on the Wonder Lick. And then I also think of Aaron Rodgers bragging to brett Favre how like how high he scored on the wonder lick and reminding brett of how low he scored coming out of southern miss and that always pissed brett off that's always what i think about but yeah i think <laughs> i don't think anybody is mystified by cd lamb going in the first round probably early in the top 15 okay that's i think that's a that's a, that's a, that's a sure thing he's probably the not probably he's likely the best wide receiver ever to come out of oklahoma uh, skill wise and talent and like measurables, but Kenneth Murray, he's interesting because I think like, cause the NFL draft, they've changed their, 
they've changed their damn show too many times. It used to be like rounds one through three run one day, rounds four and five run another day, and rounds you know six and seven. It used to be one three, then four through seven. Now it's like round one one day, two three whatever. It's like it's like getting, two three four. Yeah, it's getting too yeah. stupid. Like just like make it two days or one day. Two days would probably be the best format. But Kenneth Murray. Do you think he's a first rounder or do you think he's going to be oh, one absolutely. of the early second rounders? I think just as far as being like a physical specimen on the field, he's a first rounder. And I think, um, you think he plays reading... inside or outside? Probably inside, probably inside. That surprises me. I think there'll be some teams that want to question it just cause like you look at the, the previous film before Alex Grinch, before Brian Odom, um, you look at the when he was with Mike Stoops, he doesn't look like an inside guy. Like he's thinking too much. Yeah. Um, he's not reacting to reads, that kind of thing. But um as far as just going off the most recent film, he's an inside linebacker for me. Yeah, and that's that's probably an, just like a big reason why anytime you ever bring up Coach Brian Odom around him, his eyes light up and he's like, That's the best coach I ever had, which is an indictment really of Mike and Tim Kish, right? To like this man. <laughs> This man made a massive leap in just like play overall football IQ in one season just by having Brian Odom, former Sooner in Southeastern Oklahoma State, I believe, uh, player. And um, he, uh, he just, it's mind boggling. Like when I was at Big 12 Media Days, he had only been with Coach Odom for what, a few months and in contact yeah. with him for a couple months. And I said, you know, I was like, hey, Kenneth, like, what do you think about, and I might post, I'll probably post the video after, you know, tagging in this podcast and this tweet, but like, like how's coach Odom? How, how is that? And he's like, man, that's like the best coach I ever had. Like, I can ask him anything and he's always open and he's really great at communicating. Like it's alarming to me. Like, again, when we, we talked about this last year, it's like with Parnell Motley and Trey Brown, like when like, Oh, we don't want to do that. We don't want to do roles in the sun. We don't want to, you know, piss coach Grinch off. And I'm like, that is an indictment <laughs> of the staff before you. Like, what were you doing beforehand? <laughs> like, you, like that was like, oh, like, it's a changing of attitudes. But I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think Kenneth Murray should be a first rounder just by measurables. A man like can run a four 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 five forty as a linebacker. Like, that's even great for linebackers in the NFL. And he's so big, he's so athletic. His arms are long as hell. Um, I don't know if he's an inside linebacker. I can, I could. Man, I really want Pittsburgh to pick him up as an outside linebacker so badly. He he is just an like you said an athletic specimen. He's strong as hell. His he, him running downhill, but I, I don't know. He I can work know. as an outside linebacker. He played. I think he was labeled as an outside linebacker coming in from mm-hmm. high school. I actually played safety, so um, yeah. he's been moved around quite a bit. So it would it'd be a good fit at outside. Well, he thought he was going to play outside linebacker. Then he got to campus and John Michael Terry got hurt. And they said, okay, you're playing inside linebacker for the first time in your life as a fresh, <laughs> as a true freshman. So yeah, pretty interesting stuff. And, but then, <clears throat> but those two guys, those are guys we're not worried about, you know, like Neville Gallimore, he's going to be a late round guy. Um, but <laughs> if some scouts are saying, and I'm trying not to like be a jerk, but like some scouts are saying that, not to be surprised if Jalen Hurts goes late in the first round. I mean, and I'm not trying to be crass, and I'm not trying to be like that guy, but how the fuck 
Like, what are they? What tape are they looking at that this man? It's got to be before Texas. Even then, though, right? Like he, I mean, he was playing scored high. not lights out, but he was playing pretty well before Texas, and then something something always just changes after Texas. Something always happens for good or worse. Like even even before Texas, we could see maybe what his limitations were. Um, <clears throat> he wasn't that accurate. Never really was. Um. He his his throwing motion needs to be just completely restructured because he starts from his hip. He he starts his throwing motion from his hip, which makes all of his deliveries so late. Right. But I th- I think maybe he's like a an intangibles guy. B he's a he's a coach's son. Uh, and C he uh he's got the he, size. He's he's got the size, but I, I think he also has the interview skills. I think he's an incredibly smart uh, man, and I think that's what people might be looking at, like leadership wise. I don't know how that's going to translate to the NFL, like especially if you lose like nine games. Is he going to ten games? <laughs> is he going to do a workout video after every those ten games? Because like you, I look at Cam Newton and I look at him and I say, well, Cam had a much better arm than Jalen, and he didn't have oh, yeah. as many you know turnover problems as cam newton so i just i can't see cam uh jalen hurts going in the first round i i honestly don't want to see him go in the like as a sooners fan as somebody that covers them as somebody that follows them yeah it would be fantastic if jalen would go in the top three rounds after like really just being crapped on by saban and alabama going to oklahoma just like blowing up going to the heisman ceremony and going to the first three rounds I just don't see the talent. Like two is still so much better than him. And yeah, I don't know. I could talk all day about this. Like what, what round do you suppose Jalen hurts ends up going? I would guess he's a third rounder just because QB talent's so hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you kind of put a premium on it, maybe too much. So, uh, but I, I would see him as a third. It wouldn't surprise me if you go second round, just because some teams can abide on it. But uh, for me, I, w- I would guess probably third round. All right, so I was watching OU versus Tennessee from 2015 in Knoxville today. Is Jalen Hurts better, a better quarterback or worse quarterback than Josh Dobbs? Ooh, that's tough. Like, let's say Josh played, Josh Dobbs played for OU too and had the same coaching and talent as Lincoln Riley uh, has assembled in Norman. I think Dobbs might fit a little bit better, but not much better. Okay. I think Hertz is more of an athlete, so he would be able to grind out that defense a little bit better than mm-hmm. Dobbs did. Okay. Um, but as far as fit, I think Dobbs would be better at OU. I can see that. Because Josh Dobbs, he was the backup quarterback uh, for Pittsburgh for a minute. Yeah, him and Landry Jones. And now Landry's and, uh, hanging out. Your boy, Mason. Gosh. Man, I hate... <laughs> I, I, the... What the one thing that Pittsburgh did that made me happy was they traded for uh, oh I can't remember his name safety uh, Jacksonville. No, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about traded for that big name uh, a safety, but they traded the first rounder, <laughs> and they need a quarterback. Big Ben is old and gonna die soon i don't know he's <laughs> he sucks he oh he's he was like a rough with that beard yeah he's always hurt too and he's been co- consistently getting fatter every season <laughs> like I don't know, he's gonna look like that kentucky quarterback jaron lorenzen 
by the time it's all done, just like this fat guy being quarterback. But let's move on to since 2000, 20 years. That that makes me feel old. <laughs> um, 20 years since 2000. Who rank your top five quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers? Wide receivers. So let's start with. Actually, let's go to reverse. Let's go with wide receivers and give me your top five, five to one, one being your best. This was actually the hardest one to do. That surprisingly for me too. I agree. So I'm going to go at five, Kenny Stills. Uh, at four, Sterling Shepard. Three, Marquise Brown. Two, Mark Clayton, and one, C.D. Lamb. Oh man, we're pretty close on this one. So I also have Kenny Stills at five because I made a list. How many do I have? One, two, three, four, five, six. I have seven players here, and I had to make an executive decision about who I was going to keep out. So at number five, at Kenny Stills, people seem to forget how much of a burner he was and how much of like a... Just clutch plays. Clutch, yeah. Clutch. I, I, keep, I kept on thinking that inside, uh, inside route that he ran at West Virginia to seal the game. And that was it. I just kept on thinking about that slant and that wasn't even the play call. That was an audible by Landry Jones and Kenny Stills. like just run a slant and he, he just, he was there and the Florida state and having the hands out under for an underthrown ball, just unbelievable. People seem to forget about Kenny Stills and how great he was. And he's still making plays in the league. He's just on really crappy teams. Um, He's going to have his chance uh, this year. Who's he with? Texans. Oh, gosh. After they just dumped off uh, Hopkins. I don't understand Bill O'Brien having a job there now. I I, I really don't get it. Who uh, who knows? At number four, I have Hollywood. I have Marquise Brown. Uh, the speedster himself. He didn't really have that much wiggle as much as he was just a straight burner. Number three, I had Mark Clayton. Uh, people te- tend to also forget about Mark Clayton. It's specific people. <laughs> tend to forget about Mark Clayton and how good he was on screens and how great his he like how great his cuts were and how he could just turn on the jets. He didn't have um he didn't really have like it, it, it didn't look like his wheels were turning fast. He was a long strider. But man, he was so fast and electric and he could take it to the house with any given play. I have Shep at number 2 because he he could do a lot of things well. I mean, first and foremost, his route running was stupid. I mean, that's probably he's probably the best route runner or one of the best route runners to ever attend OU. His routes were just stupid clean. His footwork was really, really great. He was always dependable again um, in clutch moments, very dependable as far as that. Like I Again, the Tennessee game I watched, he had like three plays. I, I sideline. And then, you know, the the shoulder fade, that was just incredible. And it's like he has really great hands. But also, he he wasn't the fastest guy, but he was built. He actually had muscles, and he was very fond of blocking, which is very, you know, paramount in this Lincoln Riley offense. And, of course, number one, I've got Sidarian Lamb. I mean, he's he's the best wide receiver to ever come out of OU from a skill set, from a body set, from an everything set, and Jaden Hazelwood. Um, mirrors his <laughs> mirrors his frame and <laughs> and uh, abilities seems like, but anyways, since you went first with wide receivers, I'll go I'll go first with running backs. 
This one was a little bit difficult too. I had to keep somebody out. Um, yep. So starting at number five, I went with Quentin Griffin. And I imagine he's going to be pretty high up some people's boards. I'm just going to say Q is at five. Number four is P. Ryan. Con- you know, totally contrasting styles there with Q and P. Ryan. Q is going to wiggle his way, you know, through some offensive linemen because he was so small. You couldn't really see him. P. Ryan didn't even care if you saw him. He, you, he knew he was going to about to approach you. You knew he was coming. He was going <laughs> to run over you. Just conflicting styles. Uh, DeMarco Murray at number three for me, uh, just an elite athlete, uh, just fantastic guy. He's like, he is one of the definitions of the new spread player. Uh, just injuries derailed what could have been something pretty fantastic and injuries derailed really what could have been a number one on my list was DeMarco. Number two, this might be controversial to somebody. I picked 80 at number two and then mixed Ooh. in as my number one and strictly because of this. If I'm talking about modern football and how I want it to be played today, and if I'm assembling a team as of now, if I'm assembling a team as of now and I got to pick two receivers, a, a running back and uh, a quarterback, I don't know, for some odd reason, you know, I, I'm picking Sidarian Lamb, Shep, and I'm picking Mixon because Mixon's my number one. And it's just because this man, A, he can run over you. He's gained strength. He's shown that with the Cincinnati Bengals, even though they're running him into the ground, just like AD when the Minnesota Vikings were god awful. But he's also modern to the fact that he spreads out and he has the hands of a wide receiver and he can do so much for you. And he's that big in stature, but he's just like, it's like you put 20 pounds of DeMarco Murray <laughs> and you never, he never got hurt. And he was still maintained the amount of shiftiness, hands, and everything else. And I just really, really, I have Mixon at number one. I think he's the highest caliber athlete Oklahoma's ever had at running back. Um, I say athlete, but if like you're saying, just like OU team of all time, no, of course you would pick Adrian Peterson. But if we're talking modern game, I'm picking Mixon 100% of the time. So what are, you, what are your fives? Mine might be a little bit controversial. Um, honorable mention, Samaje Pirine. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll say that. And this might be a little bit more of like, uh, I just really like this running back. So at five, I'm going to Alan Patrick. Mm. I like Alan. He, he ran angry. I think as far as if I wanted to build around a running back, I don't know if I could do it around Samaje Pirine just because I think he lived in a bubble. It's kind fair. of. He was, he was the biggest guy in the field. He played against defenses that weren't um, in stature, what they are in the NFL. Um, so I'm going to go Alan Patrick at five. Uh, number four, Quentin Griffin, obviously. Um, what was he the first 2,000 yard rusher of the century? Yeah, I think so. Um, so, I mean, that's an obvious pick. Uh, he had so many great moments. At three, I'm going to go, I would say two and three are, are a little bit interchangeable. I'm going to go Joe Mixon. Okay. Just because he's a freak athlete. Um, the one thing I didn't like about his game, he wasn't a decisive runner. Sometimes he got kind of caught in the backfield, kind of maybe waiting to make a move. I think that's what I kind of notched him a little bit below Murray in that respect. He tried to play beyond Bellet. Yeah, a little bit. And, you know, he has, he's the athlete to do so. I just think as far as making a system, I want a guy that's just going to go, you know, head down. So I'm going to go Murray at two. 
Um, obviously, he's a, he's a game-changing back, both in the run game and the pass game. Maybe not much as, as Mixon, but um, more decisive in that respect. And that one, obviously, Adrian Peterson. So both of us kept Rodney Anderson off our lists. That was another one I thought about. He was he was one of them. And I like my list, I compiled Q, AD, Alan Patrick, DeMarco, Rodney Anderson, Mixon, P. Ryan, and even Damian Williams. Damian Williams is very underrated. Yeah. I mean, probably because he got cut by Bob, but... Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, if I would have honorable mentioned to anybody, I would have said Rodney Anderson. And you know this, I've argued with so many people about the tiers of talent for OU running backs and whether or not Rodney Anderson is in that top tier of athleticism as far as, or just like, just like overall, like greatness as AD Mixon and even DeMarco. And I really think, I think Rodney's a tier below them. I think he's in tier two with like maybe Samaje and Q. Right. Uh, but uh, yep, that's just how it is. And um, all right. What about your quarterbacks? Five to one. This might upset some people. I'm already going to go Spencer Rattler. I think he's going to be really good. Wow. Um, as far as just arm talent, um, understanding the game, I think he's going to be up there. Um, I know it kind of notches Josh Hype a lot of their conversation, but uh, I'm going to go Spencer Rattler. I'm going to believe the hype there. Um, at four, Jason White, obviously. Um, can't leave him off the list. At three, Sam Bradford. I had a tough time ranking Sam Bradford Me just because of like, pure arm talent like he would just annihilate the big 12 yep. in lincoln riley's trying offense to think about sam bradford in a lincoln riley offense that's what, that's <laughs> it would what be it would be insane um at two i'm gonna go baker um baker i mean game changing ability obviously the arm talents there uh the grits there the intangibles all that and then uh, kyler murray at one i mean it's all those things that baker had maybe not as much of a showman um, but he makes up for that with the speed, the ability to run, change games in that respect. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. And for me, at number five, I had Jason White. Um, just because, I mean, the the leadership he showed, he didn't necessarily have the arm strength or even the knees. But <laughs> I was going to say knees. He got he got the job done, and he didn't he. Where did he play? Like temporarily like didn't he get a, a like a training camp invite to like the chiefs or something like that i think so and, that up. and then i remember hypo played with like the dolphins for a year or two he got drafted like the seventh round <laughs> um but yeah i'll go jason white number five uh i'm picking landry jones at four i landry think jones if, i think if landry jones played in an actual offense uh, past his sophomore year and had a quarterback coach again past his sophomore year that wasn't focused on other things like because we 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 know Josh Heupel as the quarterback coach and he did really really well with uh, with Landry Jones when he was his quarterback coach you saw him really rapidly progress through his freshman year and his sophomore year but then once Josh went to the booth and this is known it's not like Landry just plateaued for no reason. No, Josh Heupel started resting on his laurels just like his boss and stopped really focusing on the quarterbacks as much. And I think that really just killed uh, Landry's production. I think that really killed him as a quarterback as far as growing. And so I have him at four. I mean, he's got to be on there because he just like slung the ball everywhere. He owns so many records. That doesn't mean he's the greatest quarterback ever, but he owns so many of the records that I think, again, that we talked about, like with Bradford, 
Landry and Alinka around the offense would just be immaculate. Yeah. Number three, you got to go Sam Bradford. PC North's own, you know, Oklahoma City's own very special guy. Like we said, he would just kill. I remember that. I remember that summer being at my aunt's house with my with my cousins and they're like talking about, oh, who's it going to be? Is it going to be? Is it going to be a Joey Halsley starting? Is it going to be, I think, Tommy Grady, I think. I can't remember. Joey Halsley, Tommy Grady, or is it – oh, no, it's Keith Nickel. That, that's who it was. Is it going to yeah. be Keith Nickel? Is it going to be Joey Halsley, this Juco guy, or is it going to be Dark Horse candidate from PC North, this freshman, Sam Bradford? And then I remember seeing him just completely just beat the shit out of Miami in Norman, and that was it. <laughs> everything else was written and then so bradford's three for me and this is not recency bias this is just looking at production this is just looking at team captain this is looking at how they did things and give me baker at number two as well uh baker love him in the media he's funny he's fantastic he's a he's a dude he's a legitimate dude that you can talk to and he he doesn't like he won't he won't uh, star you. He won't high up you. He won't be the guy that kind of just one ups you because he's a star. He's a genuine kind of dude. Pretty special. Uh, the laser pinpoint accuracy. That's what made him incredibly amazing in Lincoln Riley's offense. And then of course you have Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray had a lot of the things that Baker did. He warmed up to the media as the season rolled on. Of course, he only got one season with Kyler. You could add two, but Baker got that year of eligibility back. And uh, but Baker had three years with the media, and he warmed up to him after one year, and then had the other two years just to hang out with Eddie. You know, Eddie Rossovich. <laughs> so Kyler's one for me because, like you said, that speed as a quarterback is game changing. He's clutch, um, and just. His accuracy, I remember Gary, it was Gary Patterson, I believe. It said, oh, a Big 12 coach. And then it later came out, I think it was Gary Patterson that said, they've seen Kyler Murray throw before and uh, he's not a passer. They're not, they're not ter- terrified of what he can do as a quarterback. That's what, That was the name of the game of Kyler Murray coming into OU and starting. Even though he was a five-star recruit coming out of Texas, breaking all the records. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, he's not a passer. He's just going to run. And then, of course, he is. He was that, the, uh, it was the stint at Texas A&M. Yeah. That made everybody kind of second guess. And Sumlin, like everywhere he's been, it's all been flash and no substance. And that's A&M in general, too, though. It's, where's Sumlin? He's at Arizona still, right? Yes. Okay. And then, yeah, and Kyler, like he may not have the laser pinpoint accuracy that Baker does, but, man, he's good. He's he's close and he still will throw it over the middle. And every one of these other quarterbacks on this list will throw it over the middle. Uh, Jalen hurts will not throw it over the middle. <laughs> and that's why you saw always to the outside. Yeah. All. And that's, that's why the second half of the season was just like very, very rough to watch. And uh, yeah, that's why you never saw Lee Morris catch many balls in the second half of the season. And then Calcaterra, um, before he had concussion issues, it was just, which is, he actually got his EMT license today, which is fantastic. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what my list is. So yeah, it's really interesting. I think we really had the same guys for the most part. You go with Spencer Rattler, number five already, top five since 2000. As far as impact, I think he's going to be up there. 
it's a little bit of a projection, but I mean, like what, from what we know, like he's damn good. He's got the tools. He's got the mechanics. The only question is what his maturity is. Is that really all we're questioning? Maturity. Maybe, you know, you don't really have those. um, He hasn't been put in a situation where he has to win the game. That's the one thing. And for me, I think if you put Landry Jones in that situation, not many people have that much confidence. That's fair. I mean, and you're putting Spencer Rattler into a position where you have a solid offensive line that is going to ever remain solid with Bill Beatumbo. You're you have him with five star receivers all around him, and with some of the best tight end talent in the country, with the best play caller. I mean, like, what more do you want? So, I man, that that surprised me. I would that that really did, but you know, we'll see. The next question is. Why can't OU recruit on the level of Ohio <laughs> State? Because they apparently just get whoever the Tunisi Adelaide, Adelaide, I think, and then Trevion Henderson doesn't even take a visit to Ohio State, <laughs> and he's a Buckeye now too. And of course, like previous Oklahoma prospects out of the Tulsa area, they, they're going to go to Ohio State too. Why? Why can't Oklahoma recruit on the level of OSU? And why can't they get guys from in-state to go to OU instead of Ohio State and guys from Texas to go to OU instead of Ohio State? Is it is it really just about the championships, or do you think there's a lot of money involved here too? Um, I can't really speak for the money. Um, as far as what Ohio State's do, doing right now, it's a little unprecedented. There's no other team that's really doing it. Um, there, you know, there's some teams. USC just got a nice commit. Uh, North Carolina is kind of chugging along there. So um, there's some teams that are doing well in recruiting, but they're not doing great. And what Ohio State's doing right now, I don't think anybody else can replicate. They're just kind of on their own little world up there. Um, but as far as getting OU, there just doesn't seem to be that momentum um, that there was going up when you had uh, like Bryce Foster visited unofficially right. for the first practice. And then yep. it all kind of like spiraled down. It was building up to where maybe you land two or three of these guys in the spring. Um, but right now it's just flat and there's really not much you can do to sell that program when you can't really get people on campus. And honestly, we, we like, we say that like, like, why can't OU recruit on the level of OSU or Ohio state, excuse me. And we say this, but at the same time, we could be saying this in like, like let's like you, like you said, you had Bryce Foster on a visit literally right before Rudy Gobert shut down all sports <laughs> in the United States, right? Like Bryce Foster's last visit, you had uh, Caleb Williams' last visit, and a lot of other people's last visit was to actually like these high-profile players was actually to the University of Oklahoma. Yeah, and they're all unofficials. There was no official visits. And so you get to leave a lasting impression. And so like, Let's say none of that happens in the spring game does and you, they were building, like you said, a lot of momentum and now it's like, it got killed a little bit. And then now let's say Oklahoma, the series three, which I think we can unmask them. I think if people don't know was Caleb Williams, Mario Williams and Christian Leary, would you all agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. They all like hot dogs. They tweeted out all their hot dog emojis <laughs> because once Caleb Williams commits to OU it's that domino effect and people are going to say 
how come how is OU recruiting like that? What are they paying those players? You know, it, it it's that exact domino. But just like the fact that Travion Henderson has never been to Oklahoma or never been to Ohio State, that was shocking. But yeah, it was. But it, you know, it's that domino effect. A lot of these players want to play with each other. Um, they want to be part of that number one class, and right now that's Ohio State. They can claim that. Um, but as far as recruiting on the same level. I mean, OU's been doing that on the offensive side for a couple of yeah. years now. Sure. Um, defensively, it's going to take some time. They need to get guys drafted. I think they're going to do that um, next week. But it's going to take a couple cycles to really catch up um, and prove to these guys, these national guys, that you know, OU's a spot for them. Yeah, and that's fair. That's a fair thing to say. And so, uh, speaking of you know, Cable Williams and Mari Williams and Christian Leary, which are two of the most explosive wide receivers, and of course, the best quarterback like it's this it's the worst worst kept secret in college football that Caleb Williams <laughs> is going to OU like he meets with Lincoln Riley in like a zoom call or just a I think it's a zoom call weekly like Chris uh, Caleb Williams father specified this which I don't even know if that's an NCAA violation but hey whatever he meets weekly with Lincoln Riley to do film conferences as a high school player who hasn't even played a senior season yet to talk about like what Oklahoma does to, so he can be on the same page when he gets to Norman. <laughs> it's not a violation. If uh, Caleb William reaches out first, Isn't so he has crazy? to be, yeah, he has to be the one to make the call. But after that, it's fair game. Isn't that crazy that Lincoln Riley already with basically a guy that hasn't even made it to his, Senior year is having film sessions with Lincoln Riley on what OU does and what to make him better in the yeah, Sooners I mean, offense. They were doing that with uh, Rattler as well. Yeah, but Rattler, you know, Rattler was committed publicly. So like you have Rattler committed publicly. Well, he did that with Rattler. So he's got a year of film study, and then he has a year of looking at you know being behind the scenes and getting coached by Lincoln Riley. And I don't see how Rattler doesn't have a great first season especially what's coming back on offense. I mean, you're missing out on Trey Sermon, who apparently decided also to go to Ohio State. <laughs> that was but, weird. But it's just, it's it's incredible what Lincoln Riley is able to do. But speaking of hot dogs, because all these guys tweeted out hot dog emojis. <clears throat> they also tweeted out like fireworks emojis, which makes something sound like, okay, these guys all might be committing around the same time when there's hot dogs and fireworks being blasted off i'm not sure what day that is in the summer uh gotta check my calendar but do you like hot dogs i do um what what brand this is important what brand i don't know if i have like a like a brand wow really um right before the the epidemic or what do they call it pandemic pandemic yeah um i went to an energy game their first and only of the season (laughs) and uh this dude is called Callahan's Chicago dogs. He just goes around the city. And it's just like a little pop-up stand and they're insane. They're amazing. I think that's my favorite hot dog. What do they put on it? Oh, he has a bunch of different ones on his Instagram. Wow. It's got like, uh, this one has like pickles, relish, mustard. Oh, wow. So it's like, one yeah, of those sorts. they're like dressed up. This one's got like ham, bacon, what? Yeah, it's something that's like something you would get at a baseball game like Chicago. Yeah. Wow. So that's the last time. Is that the last time you ate a hot dog? That's the last time I did buy like 80 of them from Sam's. <laughs> I just haven't cracked into it yet. 
I'm not a, I'm not a hot dog fan. At the, one of the last times, actually the last time I ate a hot dog was OU versus Army. I was having a cookout with my dad. And I, I don't know if it was my dad's big being weird or it's like being goofy or just dumb in general. But he was like working both of the grills in the backyard. And he would like double up the meat on everything. So like he would give me a, a hamburger bun and he put two patties on it. Like, okay, that's fairly normal. You know, that's it's a big hamburger, but that's fairly normal. But then he I had a hot dog bun and he put two hot dogs in one bun and I felt like <laughs> violated in some way. And I didn't want it. I felt very uncomfortable. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing here? I don't want to be a part of it. Were they side by side or was it like stacked one on top of the other? <laughs> they, I think that makes a difference. They were side by side. <laughs> was, I don't know. Oh, gosh. I was in, I was uncomfortable. I that might be a breach of etiquette. Yeah, I think I'm a breach of several things. <laughs> but yeah, that's the last time I ate a hot dog. But Nathan's hot dogs are great. I like Nathan's hot dogs. Not those bar s garbage things but yeah those, are, day, those shouldn't be legal i think they're all really the same but anyways we have a lot more for you guys to listen to talking about college football in the, in the fall maybe the spring some twitter questions and just a lot of other things we'll talk to you guys right after the break today's episode is brought to you by cars.com With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, Stephen, Dr. Fauci, I thought it was Fauci, and then when I found out it was Fauci, I just, it's more enjoyable (laughs) enjoyable to say that. Director of the National Institute for Allergies and Diseases said that if there's sports this fall, spring, etc., there's no fans. So there's also an ongoing discussion from the NCAA to expanding playoffs or college football, and... I also read somewhere that there should be no athletics, for collegiate athletics, excuse me, unless classes resume in person on campus. There's a, there's a lot to unpack here. So let's just first talk about Dr. Fauci. Him saying, hey, if there's sports, there's no fans. Does that give you hope for like professional sports at least that there will be NFL this fall and that there will be NBA playoffs continued. Yeah, I think there's, there's almost definitely going to be the NFL. I think, um, is there going to be fans there? Probably not. Probably not. Um, I think it's, it, you know, we were talking about this before as far as a scenario, um, you know, this is all kind of built on trust. And if these guys can, you know, self-isolate, um, take care of business off the field and you're just relying on a lot of people. So um, as far as getting a season going, I think they will. Now, can they maintain it, you know, for three, four months? That's the biggest question. Mm-hmm. And man, cause I, I agree. I think the NFL most certainly will have football 
I, th- I think they can push it back if they wanted to, just just to see how things go. Um, basketball, I think I think basketball is most likely able to continue their season sometime in the summer, but it'll have to be like a starting of the playoffs right now. Like they'll have to open a training camp like in one remote location <clears throat> and have just everybody like island. Yeah, or something like one remote location where they can all be at staying at different hotels and playing on the same court or courts a without fans. They're able to do that because be without Rudy. Yeah. Without Rudy, please. They're able to do that because a basketball, they make a ton of money so they can, and they only have 15 players and some of them only have 14 players on the roster. So they can pay for, you know, their players and even the team personnel, which might be 60 players, 60 people. Um, they can they can pay for those tests to get them tested every time um, if they're going to a game, stuff like that. But again, like we mentioned, I think before the podcast, if some once something happens, like in the NFL, like once something happens, like uh, what's his face from the Rams, the center, I think, came down with COVID-19 with the virus. Once something like that happens, they're going to shut it down completely. So that's yep. some that's something that's still a thing that's gonna happen. And that's why I think the longer the longer I think about it, I don't know about college football unless there's no fans. And even if there are no fans, I don't know if that's gonna happen. And so let's talk about well, let's let's say there are there is going to be college football. What do you think about expanding the playoffs? How many teams should be in? I wouldn't mind an eight eighteen playoff. I don't think it really changes much. I think you're still those top four teams are going to be in the semifinals no matter what. I think right. um, you know maybe down the line, maybe three four years from now, you kind of get more of an even playing field. But right now, it's just you know usually it's three teams in that top tier. Um, that fourth team's kind of on the edge, and then there's kind of a gap between the rest of the pack. And so if you're going to do eight teams, you're going to have to find like teams that are be, you know, close game. You can't have like these OU games where they run in and get beat like by 40 points. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not good for viewership. I think OU's narrowing that gap. And I think LSU is kind of an anomaly in that respect. Um, that game, I don't, there's no one going to be LSU this year. It yeah, wasn't going to be close. I mean, who did LSU play in the national title? I forget. Clemson. Clemson. Yeah. And in- Clemson got the same buzz saw the OU got. So like it was, it was close early on. And then the more that happened. Right. It, but it was the buzz saw uh, more like that. OU Alabama game, which I yeah. think, you know, you put more talent on the field, especially on defense. OU's is going to make that a closer game. And they might um, even win. I mean, they couldn't get a stop. Right. At the end. That was their issue. So um, those four teams, I think will always play at least in the foreseeable future. And those, the semifinal games. Um, but you know, Adding eight, you know, one, you know, those five, six tier teams, they could maybe pull off an upset here and there, which would make it interesting. So that's why I would go to eight. You know, I wouldn't mind like every year when we're dealing with the playoff and every year when it's coming to the very end of the football season, when we see FBS division two or FCS or whatever it is with North Dakota state, whoever they, whatever they do. Right. You see them like, you know, that's 16 teams, isn't it? Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing that. And and if that's at the cost of, 
maybe you take away one of your scheduled games to where you're only playing like 10 a year. <clears throat> you're only playing 10 a year and you can, and of course, like these games, like others are suggesting, like it should be, these playoff games can be home and aways. They don't even have to have a bowl game. And so I think people sometimes worry about like, oh, what are you going to do with the bowl games? Like, well, you don't. You don't do it yeah, the bowl just games. You just leave them. Um, and then whoever makes these certain positions, you then put them into those bowl games. You know, it's that simple. It's just you have to alter the schedule unless you just want college football to go deeper into January. It's that simple. It's pretty simple. Right. I think the ideal thing would be make the playoffs more like March Madness where you know, this little school could come out of nowhere and upset yeah. Alabama or Clemson or something like that. Uh, but until that, that talent gap kind of comes right. together, I don't think it'll be that, that much of a, a threat. Like if Washington state is going up against Clemson, they're going to get murdered. Right. On the field. Or even Oklahoma and, state, you know, like, you know, those, those years where they they sneak into the top 10, mm-hmm. they lose and whatever, either Bedlam or the, the conference championship and they get in and like maybe the, we'll call it the eighth spot. Yeah. They're going to get railed by whoever's at number one. True. I think it's fair to say. Do you think it's also fair to say that I was thinking about this and I was thinking about this because, you know, I'm at, you know, I'm in Norman and right down the street from where I work is the university. And I was thinking like, well, if you're going to have on-campus activities and you're going to have students on campus in those buildings, in those residence halls, and attending class at the University of Oklahoma, why not have collegiate athletics? Right. Well, sense. I mean, the football teams for a lot of schools just make most of their money. Right. So without a, without a season, without, I guess – you'd still get your TV money, but you're not going to get your, your ticket money. They're losing a ton. So I don't know if you could just kind of uh, organize it where, Hey, like maybe these classes start in August, but um, these other classes, whether they be grad or something, other, you know, different classes that maybe not a lot of athletes play start in January, something like that. Like kind of like stagger it. So you don't have as much people on campus. It's 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 pretty odd because like during these times during a pandemic like we don't know what to expect everything is like new we get new information weekly about how we're supposed to live it's pretty <laughs> odd you know it, it it's so stupid and it's so odd but we just get new information weekly on how we're supposed to live and and apparently you know I'm not being political I'm just restating what the president says that basically it's all up to the governors now as far as when they're going to reopen states at and like, and as far as what facets are reopening, because Oklahoma is different than New York. I mean, New York is going through a lot right now and other states are also going through a lot, but Oklahoma and like Montana, Kansas, Nebraska, they're, they're going to open up faster than New York right. will. And then Louisiana will. And, but it's not like they're going to be like, all right, guys, we're all good to go. It's going to be different <laughs> facets, and they're going to be slow openings. And it's a good case of federalism. And if you guys don't know what federalism, it's like the relationship, if you guys know what federalism is, it's the relationship between the federal government, state government, and local municipalities. So, like, the governor could say something, but the, the city's mayors could say, yeah, well, we're shutting things down at 8 o'clock. So, it's that simple. <clears throat> so, 
it's just really interesting to think about all this stuff going on at the same time and how we're expected to live. And we're like speculating on what things will look like in the fall. We're speculating on what things are going to look like in August and it's April. And like, I was supposed to have a wedding in June and we pushed it back to August. (laughs) And I don't even know if that wedding in August is going to happen. It should happen. It's in Oklahoma. It's August 8th. I think you can apply for like a year's worth of free beer from Bush. If your wedding gets postponed. Really? think so so you might check into that might check into that but yeah wedding got postponed from june 5th to august 8th uh but uh i think it should we should be good in oklahoma but other places i think it'll be not so great but but yeah it's just so odd to live week to week it's kind of untimely but whatever this is something that we're going to be learning about or our, our children or whatever if we have kids but another question is if there's no college football at all and like, if there, let's say there's no NFL. What the hell are we gonna do for another year? Like esports, esports. Because like, as of now, be thing. we'd be beginning. As of now, we'd be elbows deep in the NBA playoffs. We'd have a spring game. We'd have to listen to some, you know, broken down and beat up country artists at the spring game, <laughs> and then we'd have something else. But now there's nothing. So. What what have you been doing instead? You playing video games, and from a year from now, let's say in seven months, what will we be doing when all of my trim and baseboards are painted? <laughs> I did paint a hallway. I forgot to mention that. Nice. There's one other thing that uh, I didn't mention. And it's marble racing. Marble racing? It's insane. I'll send you the link. Um, this guy builds these like elaborate courses. It's got like fan noises. Uh, play by play. We usually we get a group together, whether we you know start the video at the same time remotely, um, or I got a buddy that's down the street. We'll watch it. We'll do like bet like dollars or bet drinks on it or something. That's a good idea. Uh, but it's also evolved into Hot Wheels car racing, which is insane. <laughs> we we are it's six, insane. We are six years old again. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it sounds stupid, but I'll send you a link and you're like, all right, I can I can bet on these cars. Yeah, like like for example, betting on when there's gonna be there, there's gotta be there's gotta be a, a a prop bet for when an FDA approved vaccine's gonna happen. I placed it on Twitter over Hopefully, under like this week. I placed it on Twitter over under March first of next year. <laughs> oh man, that'd be miserable because I'm running out of these videos to watch. I'm trying to find some sort of like substitute sport, and it's not not going well. It's rough. I watched a women's soccer game the other day. How was that? It was good because Team USA is good. Like they're just really, really good, and a lot more fun to watch the men's team because they win, and they actually play a lot better soccer than the men, which is really sad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's all right. It's but yeah, expanding my horizons. Maybe I'll just maybe I'll maybe I'll get into hockey and watch rewatch old hockey games. I could maybe try to get into some hockey. Yeah, not baseball though. Sorry, baseball. Fan. I don't even know how to spell baseball anymore. <laughs> yep, same. You got some Twitter questions. This one's a video game question uh, from Girth Brooks. The what? The biggest cheese move on NCAA? Have you? When's the last time you played NCAA football? It's been a while. I don't have it on hand. Man. So, and <laughs> from the thing in general notes, you won't have it on hand. <laughs> uh, but the biggest cheese move on NCAA. 
let's see you're running the ball with the quarterback that, you know, of course, like what everybody did with Michael Vick in Madden, you have everybody run just like straight go routes and then you just take off running because he has like 90 speed. Is that a, is that the worst move? Or you can turn on a certain setting in NCAA that you just totally kill the clock, chewing clock. So it says <laughs> running with the QB or chewing clock. Um, or are these things you should just be able to stop since they're a part of realistic football? So because NCAA, I play in an online dynasty, and since the pandemic has happened, it's been exponentially more like emotional people get really really pissed off <laughs> and like we'll go to the voice channel and a discord and yell at each other and call them mfers and stuff like that and it, it was you got like people like will straight up in the discord be like i don't respect how you play this is horse shit and stuff like that and so what what, what is this he says biggest cheese move on ncaa running with the quarterback chewing clock or are both of these things just things you should be able to stop because they're a part of realistic modern football what do you think i think a is more more of a cheese move just because there's always those people that pick a certain team because it's unfair whether it be an ncaa or 2k uh, madden that kind of thing i think that's more of a cheese move chewing the clock that's that's just on you like you gotta you gotta better time management than that yeah, Don't burn your timeouts. Play Kansas defense. Football. Sometimes football. OU struggles with that. So, chewing clock. Like to me, like I will use. I will use my quarterback, and if there are no routes open, I'm not going to throw it into coverage. So yeah, sure, I'll take off. Um, chewing clock. It's frustrating as hell. Uh, but if you run the ball successfully, you chew clock, and if you force a turnover, that's just a that's a game plan that Kansas State's used for years, and it's worked well for them. And um, so that, I think that's just a lot of teams do that ground and pound. That's what the Titans did in in the playoffs, and they almost made it to the Super Bowl. You know, <laughs> that's true. And so I think those are realistic things in football. They're just very frustrating to other people that can't defend them. Um. Next question says, in-depth dive on the hot dogs, bro. Serious three. So we already talked about this, right? Caleb Williams, the Williamses, Williams times two, Mario, uh, Caleb, and uh, Christian Leary. Of of the two wide receivers, because Caleb Williams is the number one player or the number one quarterback in the country. Of the two, which are you more excited about, Mario Williams or Christian Leary? I think it would have to be Mario Williams. I think he's a higher-rated um, he's just a big play threat. Now, Christian Leary, he's got some serious speed, mm-hmm. and I think he probably fits more into the offense as far as being like uh, – I like that Marvin Mims. Like, there's no one like him on the yeah. roster right now. Uh, but Mario Williams, he's just a game changer, kind of like CD. Like, he's a, he's one of those day one guys that's going to step on campus and immediately make an impact. So, yeah. I think I'd have to give him the nod. I agree with that. I think although Leary has like – and it, it's really odd – He's athletic. His lower body is like looks like Samaji Pirine. Like he's so <laughs> yeah. he's so built, and you can see. And in, in high school, he has he plays wide receiver, of course, but also he plays the wildcat a lot. He takes a lot of direct snaps, and you can see him once he hits the gap. 
you literally see his legs and his body shift into the next gear to fifth gear and you see him just take off completely nobody's catching him from behind and yeah, that's it's like peterson like it's unbelievable so i agree with your statement that mario williams is a better player and something to be more excited about but man christian leary those jets are stupid stupid good it's the burner but we were asked to answer this question uh, the at is also pretty great. Uh, the name is Parker, but the at is at allergic underscore two underscore sex. <laughs> and they said, do you think the cars from the movie? Do you think the cars from the movie cars were reproduced via live birth or hatched from eggs? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go hatch with eggs. I don't even want to have to imagine the other one. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm gonna go hatch they don't have hands. Them. They have, do they? They have tires. Um, I guess. Do they ever hold things? I mean, like, Tow Mater used his towing machine thing, his hook. I don't know. It's pretty weird. I'm just going to move on. Great question. Uh, other things, general notes. Gabe Burkett's trick. He He's done a lot of trick kicks, but the most recent one he did, what did he do? Was it he spun it, um, kicked it a little bit while it was still spinning, and then hit it in? From like what it was like thirty yards out, thirty yeah, four like, yards out. He spun it and just like let it spin for a little bit, and then he just kicked it completely clean. Now that doesn't that doesn't mean that he didn't do like six tries before that, but it's just like how is this man not starting <laughs> this last year? He goes perfect, but he was the backup to Callum Sutherland, and now Burkich is. He didn't get on any sort of watch list last year or any sort of award list for the best kicker for Groza. And like, if he's not on any watch list this next year or whenever we have football, that's kind of like, that's a crime. Yeah. He went perfect. I think the the bigger question is why wasn't he just starting? That's a good question. That's a great question. Don't know. Unless he's just not a good practice player. <laughs> Remember Austin Seibert's playbook where it just was an iPad with on a note that said, put the ball through the uprights. <laughs> and then he failed to do that several times in clutch moments. Yeah. Um, well, he had that, that bad sophomore year. Yep. And then he finally bounced back later on. But I blame the staff for putting him in a, no win position of being the kicker and the punter instead of letting him specialize in one because he's doing well with the Browns. You think it's a thing where um, Beamer just had too much responsibility, so he didn't really kind of overlook the special teams too much. He was he's kind of like that the guy underneath Lincoln Riley's the inside. Yeah, I think like so. tight ends, halfbacks. Yeah. Like, I- then they, so. they passed off that responsibility to another guy now. Did they? I think so. I can't remember. I think it's like a GA. Interesting. Well, what's also interesting was yesterday, the 15th, a group called OK Back to Work gathered at <laughs> Penn Square Mall. And they, they gathered at Penn Square Mall. And it was supposed to be just like an auto rally where nobody gets out of their cars and they all instead to get out of their cars and uh, 
just proceed to shake hands and high five each other, which is great during a pandemic. And which all, all the while, you know, the mayor and everybody else said no gatherings of 10 or more people, which is like illegal. And they should all be fine. But nobody <laughs> did anything. <clears throat> and they, uh, they drove over to the Capitol to protest the shutdowns and restrictions on gathering and movement. And they, they wanted their places of work open. They wanted their churches open. And I think that's a fair thing for Oklahomans. Like maybe like, you know, they need God and they need to make money <laughs> for people that have been furloughed or laid off. Being furloughed sucks. Like you're still working and you're not getting paid. Like why would you want to do that? You're still working and not getting paid. But <clears throat> And another thing, and this is from Dylan Richards, uh, who's from KOCO, he was there and he said, a lady just walked toward me offering an interview and I had to tell her to stop walking toward me and to back up to six feet. He was holding a mask. He says, I was holding a mask and she said, those don't work, you know. <laughs> and then she walked back into the crowd and shook a man's hand. <laughs> that's the same kind of person that gets mad at like, oh, you alternate jerseys when they come out. Like, ah, that's not traditional. Yeah. Why do we go Ohio State now? Those Oregon. don't work, you know. The CDC told us to wear them, so I'm just going to wear them. Do you have a mask? I don't yet. <gasps> I need to get one. Someone offered one to me. I just haven't gone and gotten it. One of my good friends, one of my colleagues, his wife made several. So I have a mask with it's like a cotton one that I wash uh, with bull with French cartoon French bulldogs on them. It's pretty cute. And then my fiance found some in our house because when I had the flu, when I had type A flu uh, back before spring break, it was yeah, way, before, way before spring break, it wasn't coronavirus. Uh, but when I had the flu back in February, I believe she bought masks um so now we have like 13 masks <laughs> you could sell those yeah, you probably get some bad pr though yeah actually yeah. my uh my friend's stepdad dave donated like there's like thirty thousand masks to the hospital wow. he owns a bunch of rental properties and uh, one of them full of n95 masks what the hell so that's odd I was like, I couldn't even get one. That's terrible. Going on with athletes, though, because this is a great thing that somebody brought up. I can't remember who did, but I was thinking, wow, they have a really good point here. Um, and as well as I was playing in NCAA football, and now we don't have those games anymore, which is complete bullshit. Um, because, like, universities, they are institutions in which they say hey these athletes are amateurs they should not be paid that's why they're amateurs they're students they're not professional athletes they're not employees and what we're seeing is especially football in many universities and basketball and some others like kansas and duke and north carolina stuff like that is that this isn't even about university anymore. This is about money, right? Right. And it seems like these guys, especially for OU, it seems like these guys uh, look a lot more like essential employees to the University <laughs> of Oklahoma. They look a lot more like essential employees to Norman than NCAA thought. And do you think that's going to have ramifications when all this is officially back on again, back to normal, in quote, air quotes? 
I think it will, especially if they're going to allow these guys back on campus to hold a season. Um, and if they somehow encourage um, like those non-athletic students to be off campus, like maybe, you know, continue to your, your learning online. Um, that's a weird place for the NCAA. And I don't think they want to tread that water. It's pretty, it's just like really, really interesting that so many universities are cutting their programs already. And they might even do away with like some Title IX stuff. Like there are schools that have that like women's soccer, uh, women's tennis, and yada yada. <clears throat> OU's and, compliance department. Yeah, <laughs> they just have these other sports because of Title IX for equality. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but there are so many schools that are having to cut sports because football funds them. Right. And you have all these players like, you know, from the University of Oklahoma that they bring in millions upon millions of dollars to fund Sherry Cole's failing team and every everybody else. Patty Gasso, they can play softball till the freaking cows come home because they're they're making money hand over fist. Everybody wants to go see the, that team. Um, but basketball, but even like smaller, like the chess club that's funded by larger sports. Yeah. Like. And it's it's not just at a it's not just going to be at that level of just as far as like university athletics. It I want you to think about. And I was talking to some some of my former students that are high school seniors. Well, I guess former high school seniors that are going to be going to college at OU, maybe virtually for their first semester. And I said, I want you to think about Campus Corner and how when Bob Stoops came. Um, and turn around that program. Everybody was everybody was at the stadium, and they went to Campus Corner, and they revitalized Campus Corner and put a ton of money in Campus Corner. You don't have football games. You have a severe lack, of, and you don't have students on campus. You have a severe lack of business on Campus Corner, and like you can pinpoint businesses that are just gonna be fail failed. Yeah, that they're gonna be gone. It's just that was something to think about, like. That people are not thinking about, like, yeah, Hearts Donuts. I I don't know if they can survive. Probably not. Not having students there, like, fellows may be able to because they just have a, like a cult following. But like any other business down there, I don't know how well they, they'll be able to survive if you have a severe lack of people over there. So it's just crazy to think that these football players are funding literally everything. Like Lon Kruger's dudes, they break about even. But it's not, I don't, it'll probably be enough to keep them. But like gymnastics, just because they win, would probably stay around. But a lot of other things, Title IX schools, Title IX stuff, that's yeah. where we have to go. And I think, like, yeah, it will, it's going to have a lot of ramifications for the NCAA and players and saying, like, hey, listen, like, <laughs> we want to be paid and more because uh, this thing didn't turn into. <laughs> well, we have collegiate athletics. It, will, it turned into, oh, crap, we need money, which is really interesting. We need to make money to jumpstart the economy. We need to make money for these small businesses. So it's pretty unbelievable how that kind of turned around that quick. Yeah, I mean, you're from the standpoint, do we need to pay these athletes? Uh, but you also have to think, is this going to impact the future of like conference realignment as far right, as right. 
you know, we just had this big deficit. Um, can we jump to this other conference that is paying 10 million more than the big 12? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it's got a lot of ramifications. I, I agree. Um, it's just, it's just crazy to think about like what, what this will all look like at the tail end of when everything, when there's a vaccine and everything is finalized. Um, Sticky, let's stick with Oklahoma. Have you seen? Have, first of all, have you watched Tiger King? I did. I watched the whole thing. Did you watch the latest episode with Joe McHale when he's interviewing everybody? Yeah, I watched that one as well. I, mean, I watched that one yesterday. What you What you think? I just can't believe it's real. Like, not not episode is it eight. Episode yeah. eight is the yeah. one where the interview. Those first seven are it's just insane that these people actually exist. And they function at like a fairly high level. Yes, they do. At least, you know, maybe not Joe. He's, he's not prospering too much. But like these other people, they're pulling in a lot of money. And it's like no one seems to really understand like the the back end dealings of it all. So I thought that was interesting um, as far as like these are just like terrible people, yeah. like not great people at all. And you had Joe McHale like backhanding, backhandedly asking them questions, like Jeff Lowe, like do you have 80, 80 or more affliction t-shirts and stuff like that. I thought that was funny. What do you have more of affliction t-shirts or leather jackets? Uh, but it was fantastic. And then you got to see one of his ex-husbands with the full teeth and the weird kind of Amish beard. Yeah, apparently he had that the whole time. They just made him like take out the. I guess they're like dentures. Oh. Okay. Or he had it like a majority of some of those interviews and I asked him to stop. I saw it like in some YouTube interview. Oh, so they made him look more redneck. Yeah, that was for effect. And they had him take off his shirt for effect too. Probably. Well, I think he explained that he wanted to show off his tattoos. What so about that? The, that seems like an Oklahoma thing to do. What about the murderer guy that wanted to be interviewed in his bathtub? <laughs> that was weird. Very I don't know why they did that. Weird indeed. And like all these guys, like, are you like, have you felt new fame? And all of them, like, yeah, in Walmart, they, they began their sentences with, yeah, in Walmart. At Walmart. I got high fives and everything. I was like, yeah, well, that's Oklahoma. That's fantastic. I thought the most messed up thing was was when that that lady brought her old horse to Joe, and she's like, can my horse run out? Like, you know, can you give it like this final month or so of life? Um, cause you have all this land or whatever. And he's like, Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I'll take care of it no matter what. And she leaves and the guy is like, immediately Joe is like, come here. And he goes up to the trailer and pulls out his, his pistol and shoots the horse in the head. And I was I like, I was like, God, like, how was that not a crime right there? Yeah. I mean, it, it is, but like, how was that sounding off alarms? And think about the people that went to his farm or whatever you call it, his exotic zoo, and ate at that pizza parlor and then watched the documentary and found out all the meat that was on that is from the expired Walmart meat trucks. That's fantastic. That's the most redneck thing. Like They figured out, well, once you take cold items back, they can't go back, so they have to put them on the food truck. Yeah. And some, I mean, some of that meat, like, that's just there, so you extra precaution like some of it's still good for like another couple yeah. days but still and like that's, even the, that's the people living in trailers were picking their favorite meats first and then giving the rest of the tigers and like, those trailers were awful yeah 
man, it makes me think of when I was a kid, I got to be at Bass Pro and there was a tiger and lion cub exhibit right by the big tank. Oh no. And we got to pet the, the tiny cubs and uh, cubs of lions and tigers. And like me was as a Joe kid. There? I see that's what I'm trying to figure <laughs> out. That's what I'm trying to remember. I'm like, holy shit. I might have like I might have been near Joe Exotic and gotten to pet these lion and tiger cubs. I'm trying to like rack my brain. I have to ask my mom. But yeah, it's special. Real Did special. you listen to his music at all? Um, man, I haven't. I haven't listened to past the, what was in the documentary. Have you? I've YouTube some of his songs. There's like an EDM remix to one of them. It's kind of cool. Not something I would play at a party, but Gosh. I thought it was funny. My favorite part of the entire series is when he was speaking at his husband's funeral and referenced his balls, <laughs> and then he then he sang. That mom's just sobbing there. Yeah. <laughs> God. she's like my son and he's like he put his balls in my face and i'm like what is going on he's like that boy loved his balls and i was like god she's like sobbing in the front row and it's just like a joe exotic show going on that's fantastic what else is fantastic tony jefferson was responding to a tweet based on based on uh tavon austin was it tavon austin I can't remember. He was Twitter fighting with a lot of people. Who was the West Virginia player that completely killed OU? Oh, yeah, Tavon Austin. Okay. Well, they're like, yeah, like you haven't seen like video game, you know, players until you saw Tavon Austin. And Tony Jefferson retweeted it and basically got into a big thing where he exposed Mike Stoops, basically put him on blast. And he basically said, Coach Venables is the best. He mentioned he referenced Mike Stoops because people are like, he always a good coach. And he said, No, I like he's like, Oh, you don't like him because of you know, you didn't get drafted or something like that. He's like, No, I like coaches that know what they're doing. And then he offered this tidbit where it well, this was the game plan of West Virginia. <clears throat> he said, Oh, the game my defensive coordinator, which is Mike Stoops, decided the day of the game, we're gonna put our corner which at the time I believe was Julian Wilson at middle backer. Then I had run responsibility from the D gap while still trying to play over the top for my corner. Can you <laughs> believe like that's not even video game possible. Like yeah, you have to go back like, like NCAA like 08 or something to like switch that up. Like I knew I we all saw it happen. There was like 700 yards of like there was like over 1400 yards of total offense on that field or like 2000 yards. I don't know, it was a lot. And we knew it was bad. Mike Stoops was like visibly just like dead. It was a, he was a ghost <laughs> of himself. He was a shell of himself in the in the presser. And you but you never know how bad it is until Tony Jefferson is saying, "Oh yeah, by the way, the day of they took our corner and put him at inside linebackers, no linebackers in the field where you just had seven DBs and four linemen. Yeah, because they were scared of him, like just his pure speed. So they thought a corner would be able to keep up with him. Instead of a linebacker that knows how to read the two-gap scheme. Right. Yikes. Like, that. that's some bad... bad oh God, I, don't, <laughs> I don't even know. Do you think Mike used to play NCAA and that's where he got all these <laughs> ideas? 
I think he didn't play in Super kind of, and that's he kind why of bumped up issues. like some some player stats in the editing. Uh, but I do I don't know about that, but I do bet Josh that's where Josh Heupel got his offense from. <laughs> Just very unimaginative. <clears throat> um, speaking of those games, so NCAA 2014 uh, PlayStation Xbox before the pandemic, when you wanted to purchase one. They were still like 50 bucks because it was the last one in in circulation. So they're like, all right, we're going to we're going to charge the price for this because the new new ones ever came out. So they were still charging them like it was a brand new Xbox game or PlayStation game, which I guess I respect the hustle on that. Um, but now everybody's bought them because we don't know when things are going to be fine again. And these games on Xbox and PlayStation are going for one hundred and fifty dollars on Amazon and eBay <laughs> across the board. And you said you've been playing Call of Duty and what else during this time? Uh, I just downloaded Destiny 2 because it's free. I've been playing some Rocket League. Okay. I don't play Rocket League at all. I haven't played. I, I, what is it again? It's like a 3v3 and you're like little little cars and you just, it's basically soccer. Okay. Like what I've been playing is in my NCAA Dynasty, which is again be- grown very angry and at each other, and there's always an argument every single day. Um, I play 2K, Call of Duty, and then I recently I got I just started reliving my childhood, so I just restarted watching uh, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z every day. I have Dragon Ball Z playing in the background while I'm like painting my baseboards and stuff like that, and also uh, Final Fantasy VII. Now, is that Final, out? Well, see, Final Fantasy VII, the remade version, just came out, but it's a PlayStation exclusive. So, like, I have to wait till next year when football season uh... is probably happening for the first time to get it on Xbox. So, I have like the old PlayStation version, which is like, wow, graphics came a long way from Final Fantasy VII to Final Fantasy X. Uh, but Final, I can buy the Final Fantasy VIII though, remade. That's what bugs the crap out of me. But I can't buy Final Fantasy VII remade. That's all a money thing. It is what it is. <clears throat> but yeah, that, those are the games I've been playing. But could you do could you do quarantine for another three months? At first, I thought no. But the more like it sets in, like the more it becomes normal, I think it's gonna it'll be fine. Yeah, and I like. I, but also, I don't want to kill anybody. So yeah, I, I agree with that. I have like zoom com- I, for easter i had a, a zoom conference with my family <laughs> yeah one of my friends asked she's like why didn't you go home for easter to eat with your family and i was like because i'm not trying to kill them yeah like i, I, cause I my like dad, that they're alive my dad is like super like iranian he's super old school and my grandmother is actually here from iran and they're like why aren't you here like why wouldn't you come by to eat dinner and i was like i facetime with my dad's like listen i love you guys <laughs> i don't want to kill you and like with with like my grandma having like health whatever like like every grandma has health things and like my dad has like diabetes and like he might have to have open heart surgery eventually i was like yeah i don't want you to die like bro like this is why i'm not coming over and then he's like well okay i guess i understand thanks for thinking about it so it's like really but uh, yeah like like yeah like i said man like once you develop that routine you, it really just starts to set in now. Like I'm a, you know, I'm a high school teacher, so like I really don't know what school looks like 
for the fall for the first three months anyways i don't know what that's gonna look like we might just be all online and go back to school uh and in at the high schools and institutions in the spring you know it's pretty odd to think about right now but who knows at this point but are there any positives out of the quarantine to come up for you or is it all just negative i think there's a lot of positives i i I really enjoy um, the stories about like people just going out of their way. Like, um, I got friends that like they're they used to make costumes for theater stuff, and they're all making masks now. So I like I really enjoy those stories. Have um, you watched the uh, what's his name, the guy from The Office, John Krasinski? Yeah, have you watched his little YouTube oh, his thing? Good, his good news thing. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. I think that's pretty cool. So I'm enjoying that. You know. All these companies that are kind of transitioning from doing what they do normally to either, you know, making ventilators or protective equipment, all that stuff. Yeah, so Elon freaking Musk, man. Making all those ventilators and sending them everywhere and like even the military and other places like making ventilators and it's a total like effort from everybody. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah, so I mean I, mean, I try to focus on those stories and not like the daily like we're all gonna die and there's no sports. Yeah. I try, I, yeah, like it gets to the point where I'm trying not to focus. So I don't look at the news like hardly ever. Um, I do keep a track of like daily infection rates and death rates, but it's like it, it. And this is like what bugs me is that people that like live and die by these infection rates, recovery rates, and death rates and mortality rates. It's wholly incomplete data, <laughs> and like so we're making assumptions off of really incomplete data because like. A lot of people have had it and they know they've had it and they've gotten the test that says oh you have this virus and they've recovered at home and but they can't especially in oklahoma you can't get two tests to say oh yeah they're okay and other people that have had it that they just they got over it because they thought it was the flu and just like worse it was like a really bad flu for them and so like it this this totally like discounts the amount of people that have had it and that went undercounted but that doesn't mean like i'm dismissing the seriousness of the virus right I, just, I, I keep i keep tabs on it because i like to look at the numbers and just like italy like i've been paying attention to italy because the united states trajectory kind of mirrored them uh, just like three weeks off and italy hit a plateau and they're actually going downwards and the united states is actually hitting a plateau and is about to trend downwards despite the amount of deaths happening per day which is good um, but yeah, positives come out. Just like I've gotten a lot of things done at the house. I've been like reflecting a lot more. I think that's a weird thing to say. Like, but just been reflecting a lot more. It's like as a person, the things I'm reading, reading books, uh, just enjoying simple things in life, like working, like working out in my den, going for a mile run after I work out in the den, and just like sitting on the front porch when it's a nice day outside, it's, like just like taking it in. It's like. Mowing it's like what I think the 1950s were like. Yeah, you're probably right. Except you can't go anywhere. <laughs> That's true. I'm not afraid of the Russians. I will say, I, I thought I've had like Corona like probably like two or three times just because of allergies. Oh my gosh, dude. My like, oh, sore throat. This is it. We're yes. going down. <laughs> I kept, I kept a like, I, I started keeping a log. Like, like I was like, wow, my throat it's really dry and like I have something in the back of my throat and it's kind of really painful and like I started keeping like a log of like wow this my sore throat's not getting any better but I don't have a fever and so like I was like okay and my fiance had explained to me she's like listen come here like 
we bought this house, but we weren't living here last year when everything started to bloom. We came around to buy the house <laughs> when everything had already bloomed. So you don't know what it's like when the seasons change over. I was like, you got a point. So like, it's like that there's a Spider-Man meme. You know, it's like, they're all pointing at each other. It's like Corona, flu, allergies. They're all pointing yeah. at each other. It's like, it's, yeah. But yeah, keeping keeping an eye on your temperature and stuff like that. I, I, I test my, I take my temperature like three times a day. Oh God. Once I haven't checked morning, it once. Once in the morning, once in the afternoon, and once at night. And I take, I take like vitamins. And like for some reason, like you go to the store and all the vitamin C is gone. But like you go a little bit deeper into the aisle and it's like those vitamins are like multivitamins you got like men's one Boom. a day yeah have you ever looked on the back of what a men's one a day what's inside of those things i haven't no every vitamin on the face of the goddamn earth is in like b12 thing. yes vitamin c and it's like a hundred percent of everything there's like 300 per- there's 300 percent of something <laughs> zithromastin or something like that which i found out like does something really good for your blood cells and whatever zinc is like really good for your immune system it has everything so i've been taking one of those and um i i initially started taking them just like an old vitamin and in the morning as soon as i woke up without food and i wanted to vomit like i was in like physical stomach pain <laughs> and i was like oh i don't know what's wrong i gotta get sick and my fiance is like did you eat food with them i was like no that's stupid it's a vitamin oh yeah yeah and I did it again for another two days. And, like, I was, like, killed over, like, in the shower, like, ready to, like, just, like, send it all. <laughs> and then the next time I tried it, I tried it with food and everything was normal. I was like, oh, you were right again. I just need to eat this with food. Because there's, like, like, they're just, like, it's packed such a punch. There's so much stuff in it that it's, like, your stomach isn't ready for it, I guess. So, yeah, but is there anything else? We've covered a lot of random things. We've covered a lot of ground. I think um, as far as like recruiting goes, it'll probably kick up probably in like a month. I agree with that. I think it'll be back. very nice. It'll be very nice. I have a lot of things in the draft over at Crimson and Cream Machine ready to publish for guys that are <laughs> yeah. for guys that are pretty obvious and worst kept secrets. But hey, and thankfully, like we were talking about this before we recorded. And like you're gonna be doing post game podcasts with me on Crimson and Cream Machine, right? This fall, and it looks like you know it. What? Well, hold on. Let's let's not let the. This is what my bot, my former boss said. Let's not put the cart before the horse. <laughs> we, we, we could still have football in the fall uh, for some facet in some way, uh, but it looks like if we will, it may be in spring, so we might have to wait <laughs> a few extra months for. For uh, the OGs to be back together doing right, podcasting, yeah, that's true. It's always fun to have you on the podcast. It seems like old times we were yeah. discussing. Like we started doing the podcast in 2015. It's 2020 now, and I'm almost 30. <laughs> yeah, it was like the first year for Baker. <laughs> yeah, uh, we actually probably jumped on at the right time. We really did, and and like it got to the point like we were out playing a lot of people besides scoop we were like getting a lot of stuff and then just times man really weird it's always like but again like always awesome to have you on the podcast yeah, for sure. feel like Glad to be here. again definitely want to have you on a lot more um always love chatting with you um but do you have anything to say like where people can find you 
Discord stuff, whatever else. Um, you can find me on Twitter. It's at OUUpdatedSB or Rough Riders, either one. Um, as far as like where I'm at, I'm usually on Discord a lot. Um, if you want to invite, I usually tweet it out once a week. But if you really want one, you can always DM me. I'll just send it to you. So it's no big and deal. If you're not in the Discord, it's it's it is an OU football basketball and uh, there's several other things involved here you got threads for, for, everything. for everything even oklahoma city uh thunder hoops there's just there's so much there's you know seasons transfer watch i'm just like looking through the random threads and there it's always there's always something going and of course there's live game channels when there actually is a season it's pretty fantastic <laughs> really uh people get really angry and whatever and antsy and it's if you're not a part of that discord i would recommend you join that because it's pretty great and follow steven he is one of the best dudes um and this is all brought to you guys by crimson and cream machine uh follow uh jack who's not with us this evening at cc machine um i'm at camera and ccm uh we're on itunes spotify stitcher google google play give us a five-star rating because we really appreciate you guys for listening during a pandemic and well we'll check you guys later